When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. Joining me today, as always, my good buddy and colleague, Paulie Dodds, Paul Dottino, Pearson Butler at the helm, producing us so very well. And, of course, you, the fans out there, and the number for you nice people to call is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513 at 7 and 2. No shortage of things to talk about. Got the Detroit Lions coming into town. Paulie? Man, are you spry today? Well, listen, I mean, it's been a long time since we were 7 and 2, but I will start off with what I was saying to you in the dining room a little while yes, ago. Sir. Uh, and I say this. Everybody comes up to me. I mean, I, I finished my run this morning. I'm stretching. Two guys come up. Russ, we should win this week. Russ, we should do this. Oh, man. And, and just like they were saying last week. And I tell everybody, and I said that to you earlier in the year, don't tell me we should win because we are not, if you will, uh, I'll mention a team just for the sake of, we are not the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs have earned the right for people to say they should win this game. But when you want to talk about what should happen, yeah, the 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 Eagles were they they should have won on Sunday night, but they didn't. And the Buffalo Bills were supposed to beat the Jets, but they didn't. Don't no should have wouldas. You know, I mean, you take care of business and that's to me, and I said that on my get a load of this podcast this week, that's why I give all the credit to the head coach uh, Brian Dable. I mean, if the season ended today, he's the clear-cut uh, NFL coach of the year. The culture has changed, and the big thing, it's he does not get past the business at hand week to week. He doesn't let the players do it. If you want to talk to him about the P word, as in playoffs, if you want to talk about what's happening in Thanksgiving, no. He's got a deal in his mind. I got a deal with the Detroit Lions. That's the business we're in. The business is game to game. And that has become infectious amongst his players. I don't think there's any doubt about it, Russ. These guys are focused on the moment. They care about the present. 
They don't talk about the playoffs at all. Nobody does. Even when writers ask them about it, they deflect those questions. They're not interested in discussing it. Now, whether or not behind closed doors they might be peeking at the standings, maybe they are. But the truth of the matter is the atmosphere around this building continues to be on a week-by-week basis. In fact, outside of Brian Dable talking about how his coaches will start working overtime on Friday to prepare for the Cowboys, no one else, no one else on this team has even mentioned Dallas. Nor should they. I agree. I I mean, listen, uh, uh, we're not going to dispute it's it's a big game, but then the coach will tell you every game is a big game. It's just that nothing could be t- – I'll tell you what, Paul, especially us, guys like you and me, we're always looking at the schedule, what's going on. Dave's has me like the players. I don't look past – I said, you know what, we're 7-2? and two? Yeah, don't pinch me. We are 7-2. and two. You know, it, it, it's realistic. We're 7-2. and two. You know, the, the New York football giants are 7-2. and two. They won a grand total. This team won a grand total of four games last season. And it, it's just, they're getting it done. It's not easy. It never will be easy with this team because they're still, look, they still have their injuries. You know, certain guys are coming back, certainly on the offensive line. Uh, the job that they, that Daniel Jones has done and Kafka has done and, and, and Dave's is done. Uh, they don't have. I. I. And I don't want to be dismissive of what they have. There's no front line receiving core. I mean, Dan, Dan, Daniel is doing it. I mean, it, it's tremendous what's been done. Uh, agreed on every front, and that's why these position coaches deserve much more credit than maybe they're getting under the radar. Uh, I'm going to do something here, and I hope you don't throw your notebook at me. Go ahead. Because we are out of the earshot of Coach Dable and his players. And believe me, I checked on that first. Since 1990, 99 teams in the National Football League have gone 7-2. and two. Okay, here we go. 91 of them have made the playoffs, which brings that total to 91%. It is the first time all season that the Giants have actually cracked the 90 percentile chance of making the postseason. So are they in great position? They absolutely are. But... Remember what I just said. Eight teams did not make it after being seven and two. You don't want to be the ninth. That's what I'm saying. Just nothing should be. Are they in a nice spot? Of course they're in a nice spot. And it, it even got better for them on Sunday night when the commanders knocked off the Eagles. I mean, yes, they're in a good spot. But that spot is something that you cannot take for granted. And no should have. We should win this. We should win that. It has to be game by game. Uh, uh, you know, I, it, that's it. Well, what I tell people is that in the National Football League, because it is the quicksand of mediocrity, everything is very tenuous. You're really walking a tightrope every week. Uh, nothing is safe. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is for certain. God forbid, okay, any of these teams that are, you know, striving right now to have really good records – were to lose a key player. The Giants lost Plexico Burris one year when he shot himself in the yeah, leg, and yeah. it ruined all their chances. They thought for sure they were going to win another Super Bowl back-to-back. He shot himself in the leg, and the Giants were shot in both feet, not just That was feet. it. Yeah. It, that totally, totally, one player totally changed the complexion yep. of the team. How about the year when, when uh, Antonio Pierce broke his ankle? They were going. 
They were, they were at least an NFC championship team club. At least. Maybe even more. And Pierce breaks his ankle and can't make it back. And that team winds up one and done in the playoffs. The truth of the matter is, the league is as such that if the wrong conduit gets hurt, it can totally throw your train off the tracks and into the gully, and then you are doomed. You know, it, it's like you and I uh, have been speaking about this forever and ever. You know, when, the, when people would question Saquon, and they question, oh, you, know, you don't pick the running back like that, you know, second overall. Well, you know what? When you're hurt, I don't care if you're a running back. I don't care if you're a quarterback. I don't care if you're a wide receiver, a linebacker, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman. If you are hurt and hurt bad, and, and Saquon has, has, has certainly been hurt bad, well, you know what? Everything changes when you get healthy. Now, now Saquon is the man. I would still argue that as of today, he's the MVP in this league. Um, I would still argue that. The impact and the, the ramifications of what he does yeah, for this team is immense. Yeah, I don't think you're, you're waving big blue pom-poms by saying that. I think that's a very legit remark. I, I mean... He leads the league in rushing. Yeah. Okay? He has allowed them to play a certain style of offense that Daniel Jones has excelled in. By the way, everybody knows they're running the ball, and he still does it. And... This also helps keep the defense in, in a better, fresher frame of mind and position as well. The, the ramifications of what Saquon Barkley has done this year, to me, make him a very legit MVP player. And I'm not backing off of that for anybody. I don't think uh, Paulie does any ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, again, folks, the number for you nice people to call is 201-939-4513. That's 201-939-4513. And if you haven't yet, make sure you go uh, subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each and every game with one of our analysts, an episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst, and then a game preview, which features a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. Plenty going on for you, so search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. All right, Paul, go ahead. Real quick, I just want to go over the injured list today. Brian Dable did talk about who was and who was not going to practice this afternoon. Bellinger is still out. Lemieux is improved, but would not say if he'll be activated this week. Neil is returning to practice today. Yeah, that I heard. Which is a big deal. A big deal. Whether or not he makes it for Detroit, we'll see. But that's a big deal coming off of that knee. Uh, he also mentioned uh, Belton is limited today. He had gotten hit in the chest the other day against Houston. He said Feliciano will be full. He's been banged up a few times over right, the last month. Right. But he will be in full today. Uh, and Dexter Lawrence is going to be limited. They're giving him load management. That's good. I mean, he and Leonard Williams are just absolutely well, putting it on the field, man. I, I, I mean, look at Leonard. You know, you know, when when he went down, we all held our breath because it looked like, God forbid, it could have been uh, curtains a season ending. As far as Dexter goes, Dexter is playing like an All Pro, an All Pro. He has, he he's a behemoth in the middle there. Just just, a, a no pun intended. He is a giant of a man, and he's playing like a giant for his Giants. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Paulie, what do you say we open up the phone lines? Let's go down and to New Mexico and check in with our friend Scott. Hello, Scott. You're on with Russ and Paul. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Good, good, right. good. Uh, I... I agree with everything you said, but I wanted to talk about the offense. And uh, first of all, I think Wink Martindale, bar none, is the best D.C. in the NFL. But I think Mike Kafka is not getting his due, and I'm going to support it with some statistics that might surprise you. And I think he's doing a yeoman job, which is uh, surprising with the number of players that he doesn't have on his offense Forgetting uh, Saquon Barkley for just a second. All right. Well, let, let, let me just stop you f- for a second. Why do you say he's not getting his due? We were just talking about the job that Kafka and, and, and Dable are doing with, with, with less, not more, well, with less. I, I, well, the point I'm trying to make, Russ, and I'll, I'll tell you what the statistics I have, his job is as good or as, uh, I would say, on a par with Wayne Bartendale with the people he has. And the the statistics support it, and I wanted to give you some of those so you can see what I was talking about. For example, uh, the Giants right now are 15 in third-down conversions. In the last three games, they're in the top 10. On first downs per game, they're 14th in the league. Average time of possession, which is going to surprise a lot of people, they're fourth, mm-hmm. which means if you, well, you hold on to right. the ball, yeah, you're yeah. going to win a lot well, of your well, games. Well, yeah. I, I mean, l- l- listen, Scott – you're preaching, you're, you're you're preaching to the choir. I I, I just you know um, I don't know what to say. I, I don't. I gotta disagree with you. I, I I totally agree the job Kafka is doing, yeah. but I totally disagree that he's not getting credit. I I just I don't see that any place in any way, shape, or form. Paul who's looking at me and I'm looking at him at the same time. I just don't see that. I so think thanks it's for been call, pretty though. universal that Kafka yeah. has gotten a lot of credit for this this offense. And, you know, look, if anything, I'll go back to something I said five, ten minutes ago. I think some of the positional coaches maybe aren't yeah. getting enough credit. Right. I, I think that's fair. But in fairness to that, that just go, comes with the territory. It does. The co- coordinators. And, and, and I, I will say this, the, the coordinators on this team – each and every week when they're talking to us, whether it's Kafka, whether it's Wink, uh, whether it's T-Mac, they're always giving credit to always. the other people on their staff. And Shea Tierney is one of those guys. He's the quarterback's coach here who came down with Dable from Buffalo. Yep. Nobody really ever mentions him no, at all. No, And remember, he's working as closely with Daniel Jones as Kafka and no. Dable are. 
So you know, I I I, I feel point. bad for him because he never gets any yeah. pop. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that that's a name that Paul brings out a very good point. You, you know, somebody like that, the, the when I say the secondary coaches, the the, the assistants, the, the coaches. assistants, yeah. Yeah, the positional know, coaches, but, but Kafka, I, I, you know, Scott, you know, I understand, you know, I'm glad Scott's praising him, but I, I just don't see he's getting credit and, and the credit is well-deserved. Let's go to St. Augustine and check in with Vinny. Hello, Vinny. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey guys, how you doing? Hi, how you Happy doing? Wednesday. You too, Vin. I, I'm doing great. Hey, I got a question for you, but before I ask the question I was curious on um, Kadarius Tony, it's it's kind of like a slap in the face for New York Giants fans that he's playing already with the Chiefs. No, I, I'm going to tell you, uh, y- you know what, Vinny, um, don't view it that way. Uh, and you know, then I'll, I'll let let Paul say what he wants to say. Listen, I was a big fan of Kadarius, and and Paul w- was too. But I'll let Paul speak for himself. For whatever reason, for whatever reason. I'm not going to call Kadarius a dog, but he started to dog it. I, I mean, this yeah. this hurt, that hurt, whether he, he woke up one day and said, I don't want to play here, whatever. It just wasn't the case. And then on top of that, you know, they would check him out and they couldn't find what was wrong, whether it was from an MRI or this and that. And then uh, he he would be missing his treatment sessions and, and, you know, part of the rehab. So uh, COVID like three or four times, whatever the case, (laughs) you know, it just happened. But, but you know what? I hated to see him go under the circumstances because I think if Kadarius would have been Kadarius and played, he could have really helped them, but he didn't. And, and at that juncture, the one thing about this team that Paul and I have, have stressed there's no I in team, okay? There's team, yeah, and nobody is bigger than the team. And if if he wasn't going to be part of the culture, he was going to get kicked out of the culture. Is that fair enough to say, Paul? Yeah, it is. And it's unfortunate because the skill set is, oh. is really needed here. Incredible. But when you yeah. get down to the intangibles that he was not bringing to the team, yeah. and in fact, in some ways, you could argue being a distraction and bringing Negative. the team's atmosphere yeah. down – you could actually use that phrase addition by subtraction. I hate to say that because his skills started, are so good. You, you know, Vinny, do you think it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do you think it started with Judge and Gettleman? No. Because no, it's no. like, who doesn't like this coaching staff? No, I mean, no, no. I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you something. And if you remember, I used to sit with, with Judge. I sat with him for two yep. years, uh, you know, doing our pregame show. You, you know, when it was on, on Channel 5. Yep. L- l- let me tell you something. Judge loved him. Judge felt, w- really liked him. Judge was a big fan of his. Judge s- saw him have, having an enormous upside for whatever it was. You know what? I don't know if he wants to be a rapper more than he wants to be a football player. And and I'm not knocking right. that. But, you know, right. to you you hear this it's about you hear, you hear this about people all the time, but it, especially in football, you better love to play football because man, oh, it's sure. a yeah. violent, tough sport. sport. And yeah. uh, and yeah. if you're not loving it, it doesn't resonate very well between yeah. your ears. My understanding is Landon Collins does not watch football; he just plays football. I mean, that's a perfect example of you know that you know 
person. But the, the ultimate question I had, and it was interesting that you said that there were some questions on the injuries if, if, it, if it happened. But my question I have is, is four and four in the next eight games possible? Obviously it's possible, but I want to get your thoughts. I'll hang up after this, my question. I want to get your thoughts on four and four. And who they're playing? They're playing the Cowboys. One. Well, we we we, we got the schedule in front of us. We 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 know okay, who they're good. playing. Let me know because I don't know the Vikings. I know don't know one of those teams. I know it's Detroit Vikings, Cowboys, Eagles, uh, and uh, and Redskins. But I don't know the eighth game. Wait, it the, is the, four you mean the Colts? the Colts? The Colts. The Colts. Okay. L- L- listen, Vinny, and thanks for the call. Paul and I will go over it. But as you heard me say earlier. When you look at a schedule and said, well, is it possible? I say this, anything is possible, but you can also look at the flip side too. I don't look, again, it's not we should win this, this should be that. No, you can say this opponent, okay, you mentioned the Indianapolis Colts. I think, Paul, you and I would agree that the Indianapolis Colts uh, Who knows what they're going to be in a month? But that's right. But, you know, again, we don't know what's going to – that's a very good point. Who the hell knows? Indianapolis Colts are the next to the last game of the season. On, what if uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan has a full month of 400-yard passing yeah. games and turns his entire situation around? And, or what happens, what happens if uh, the quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts, for the Eagles goes down? Let's stick to week by week, yeah, No, I, I, that's what we were was, was yeah. saying all along. I'm you, sorry, caller, but, you know, is it possible? Sure. Sure. For the Giants – the Giants could win from zero to win out. Okay, seriously. Is is four and four? Well, let's put it this way: four and four gives you eleven. If you get eleven, you're in the postseason. Yeah, I think we could say that. Yeah, if you get eleven, you're in the postseason. Two zero one, and then let Paul and I look at each other because we vowed to each other we no, were not going to no, do we that. We were not going to do that. What what was the scene in The Godfather? Godfather three. <laughs> I try to get out, and they pull me back in. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to Steve in Connecticut. Hello, Steve. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? What's doing? What's doing? Um, I had two. I had uh, two um, big-picture questions, but I just want to ask you guys first um, about Daniel Jones. Now, I know both of you uh, are both uh, big fans of him, but um, a lot of people uh, around seem to, you know, even the people that give him his dues this year, seem to um, have the sentiment that, you know, his ceiling is uh, not that high in one of the game manager. And um, I just looking at him, he, you know, obviously we know from his history, this, even in the years where his numbers weren't good, he, he's made throws that – at times are really special, and he could really make every throw, and we know he can run with the best of them as well. So I was wondering if you agree that his ceiling is limited, and no. if, you, if so, what, which part of his game would be holding, holding him back? Well, I'll go first, Paul. I, I mean, his ceiling. Well, no, let's do it together. His ceiling, I, I mean, if he's – I'll tell you what. There was an article in the paper yesterday, maybe it was the Post, that uh, Dable's not sure – the way it was couched, that Dable's not sure they, that the Giants can do it on the strength of um, Jones' arm. And if you read the whole thing, first of all, what Dable said the other day was it was not anything to denigrate at all uh, his quarterback. I mean, it's obvious that Daniel does not have the horses 
if you will, the thoroughbreds, the racehorses at the wide receiver position. You know, when we were going into the season, we, we had dandelions in our heads of Kadarius, of Kenny Galladay, which is a whole other story, uh, of Sterling Shepard. Well, well, none of those three are around. So I think his ceiling is very high. And, you know, you've heard me say this and Paul say it from, I'd say, about the third game of the season. I think he has secured his future uh, within the organization mm-hmm. as being their franchise quarterback moving forward. I could not agree with you more, Ross. And I'll say this. The question comes from the fantasy football yeah. hemisphere of the world. Because, oh, if the guy doesn't throw for four touchdowns and 425 yards, he's not very good. He, he threw for 17. He threw the ball 17 times last week and had a 153, whatever the hell it was. Exactly. Right? I mean, I mean Look, Look, I don't. The passer rating is crap to I, me too. I, I, yeah. I don't go for that. Here's the point, though, folks. Okay, if you want Philip Rivers' numbers, okay, uh, you want you know some of the 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 spectacular 400 yard performances. As I said, you want fantasy football quarterback. Don't touch Daniel Jones. That's right. Stay away. You know why? Because he's not throwing the ball 40 times this Sunday. He's not. He doesn't care about throwing four touchdown passes for 400 yards with 40 attempts because this team has a terrific running game with maybe the MVP of the league towing the rock. So why in the world would Brian Dable tell Daniel Jones to throw the ball 40 times on Sunday? Why would he want him to do that? So use your head, folks, okay? Get your fantasy football crap out of your butts, okay? Use your head, watch the game as an intelligent football person, and understand that Daniel Jones is the right quarterback for this team, for what they need to do to try to make the playoffs and make something out of their season. The hell with the the freaking numbers. The numbers are crap. We're not playing fantasy football. This is the NFL, not FF. You know, like... I'll go, I'll go. I'll go to baseball for a second. I remember when Joe Torre used to say he, he wanted to walk to the mound, whether like he'd look in, in David Cohn's eyes. I want to see, do you have it or don't you have yeah. it? I, that's your big intangible. You know, take your analytics and stick them where the sun don't shine. As Paul do we, said. do we need to address the fourth quarter comebacks this year? Yeah. All right. What well, did Ernie Corsi always say? I'll know my franchise quarterback if, with two minutes to go. And he, he needs to drive the length of the field for a touchdown to win. Can I put that ball in his hands? Is he my guy? That's Has Daniel Jones shown you that this year? Yes or no, Russ? Without question. Done. Case closed. And, and Done. Th- as a game manager, he hasn't been good. He's been excellent because, remember, he hasn't had the tools to, uh, you know, the, the sharp tools to manage with. Let's put it that Think way. Think about this, and I know his passing attempts are on the low side. I get that. We've already discussed Well, there's a reason it. for We've it. We've already discussed that. But he's now gone a career-long six consecutive games without an interception. Think about that, folks. In this quicksand of mediocrity that is the NFL, where turnovers are like cyanide pills. Daniel Jones is not giving the ball away. You're the first person who ever made the analogy turnovers like cyanide pills. Well. <laughs> and folks, if you've ever sat with, with Paul in a press box and watched 
a turnover. I guess he's right. It is like to a cyanide pill. And, you know, I'd want to take one of those pills rather than listen to Paul Bellyache for the rest of the game. I, I hate mixed execution. It just drives me nuts. All right, folks. Uh, again, just a little reminder. Join us back at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, November 20th, to watch the Giants take on those Detroit Lions. Limited tickets available. So visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat today. 201-939-4513 remains the number. Um, oh, Steve is here. Still, Thanks for sticking on, Steve. What do you got for us? Yeah, sorry, I just had uh, two big-picture questions. Um, the first is, obviously, we know there's been uh, very uh, good coaching with um, uh, this team, but if you look at a lot of the players um, developing, Dexter Lawrence, the two safeties, you know, et cetera, and, you know, some of them free agents, some of them draft picks, um, I was, uh, you know, a long time, I've, I've been a defender of um, Dave Gettleman, and I wonder, you know, obviously he made mistakes with coaches and with certain decisions with the team, but... Um, do you think that he got an unfair rap here because of his personality and with the media and sometimes? Because I feel like as a talent evaluator, he really uh, um, seems to a lot of times more often than not be correct on a lot of his picks and signings. It's funny that you brought that up. That was a sticking point. When I opened up my podcast this week, I was telling Paul about it uh, earlier. I started off with about Brian Dable, giving him all the credit in the world for where the Giants are, but then I also morphed into Dave Gettleman, and people continue want to continue to kick Dave when he's down, and, and I get that, okay? I, I understand that he made some mistakes, but you know what? He also did a few good things, such as, again, I've said this in the past, I'll say it again, I can remember like it was yesterday, when when... They passed on Sam Donald, and they picked and Gettleman picked uh, Saquon with that second pick overall. And it was all the majority of the local media. I remember reading it. Oh, Dave Gettleman's going to rue the day when when Sam Donald he 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 passed on Sam Donald when Donald is leading the Giants for the next decade. How'd that one work out? I mean, the Jets. The, the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, the Jets. How'd Can't that, even get a jersey. How, how'd that <laughs> one work out? And and, and also picking, um, of, of course, uh, da- Daniel Jones. But let, let's look at s- some other guys. How about, um, well, let's see. Darius Slayton was a fifth-round pick. That, that wasn't a bad fifth-round pick. How about the next year? How about Andrew Thomas? How about Xavier McKinney? How about Darnay Holmes, Right. How, Lawrence, how about in, Julian Love in, in 2019? Julian Love. How, how mm. about that? Signing a Dory Jackson, making the trade for Leonard Williams. And, yeah. And, De- it, Dexter Lawrence, all these guys. He has, how many of the most important key players on this Giants team right now yeah. were holdovers from the previous administration? Yeah. Just think about that before you try to weigh in on what Dave Gettleman did here. He made his mistakes, he absolutely did. And unfortunately, he was part of a time when the Giants tried a lot of things that did not work for various reasons. Yeah. No one is disputing that. But just to be fair, you got to give him credit for the hits, too. Yeah. You, you, you know, and, and also, when you talk about it, uh, again, let's go back three years. Uh, let's go back when you had Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, and Matt Pert, three rookies starting on the offensive line. And their center 
was Nick Gates, who was a third-year player, but a first-year center. And you know what? Everybody was saying, wow, this is pretty good. Look at the, look at the offensive line shaping up. And unfortunately, not one, not two, not two. Everybody got hurt. So Paul is 100% right. That obviously, it wasn't perfect because he, he'd still be here. And believe me, I'm thrilled with who has replaced him. Joe Shane, I think, is terrific. Absolutely. He's young and effervescent. And Dable, well, I don't have to say anything more about Dable. But, you know, in in fairness, you know, maybe fans don't want to hear it. You know, also, Gettleman, since you bring it up, I mean, Gettleman, he started his tenure having a serious bout, not that any any bout with cancer is not serious, but with a serious bout of cancer at his age. And, you know, he fought through it. So, you, you know what? Enough with beating up Dave Gettleman, okay? As Paul has said so well, a lot of the holdovers that are here from his drafting are vital to the future going forward, okay? And believe me, when you speak to Dable, when you speak to Dable and you speak to Shane, he'll single out Dexter Lawrence's leadership. He'll single out uh, uh, Leonard Lenny Williams. Williams. He'll sure. single out Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. Singles them out like with a cl- question mark. So you know, let's let's cut him a little slack. But uh, exclamation point! Uh, what I say? Question mark. Uh, exclamation yeah. point! All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Be good. I mean, really, you know. I, I hate getting on the soapbox, but sometimes it's no, just got to be done. No, it, you got to be fair. Exactly. That, that's what it is. You just have gotta to be, be fair. fair. Let's go down to South Carolina. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go and check in with Bob. Hello, Bob. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, good afternoon, Russ and Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Hello. I just had a very quick uh, question for you guys. I uh, also wanted to get your comments on it as well regarding the uh, future of Saquon Barkley with the Giants. Um, So after the Giants game, I was on the Bleacher Report site, and they were really highlighting some comments made by uh, NFL reporter there, Dan Schneider. He basically went on a little tangent saying, uh, well, Saquon Barkley is with uh, Rock Nation Sports Management Company, just so all you Giants fans know, he's going to be seeking the – Highest paid contract. Uh, yeah, you, 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 you want to know what, Bob? D- 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 don't waste your time listening to that stuff. Uh, I mean, everybody, I- I'll tell you what. I'm here every day. Paul's here every day. And when I watch the national guys talk about the Giants, or even when I hear people come in and talk about the Giants, look at Paul. Poor, poor Paul, he's holding his head in his hands. I, I mean, like, guys... Do you really do your homework? They're talking about stuff that is just bullcrap. Look, if you're worried about Barkley's deal, he wants to be here. The Giants want him here. Yeah. It's only natural that a guy who's having an MVP caliber yeah. season, yeah, and we're praising him to the high heavens, yeah, yeah, he's going to want to get as much as he can get. And, and that's all part Isn't of Isn't that kind of obvious? That, that's part of the leverage, and that's part of, of what? But don't, don't let somebody scare you, okay? Bob, that, that, that's, the, yeah. that, you know, like um, P.T. Barnum used to say, a sucker is born every minute. All the, right. the, what, what else you got? I, yeah, no, I understand what you guys are saying, and I'm, I'm on your side, and I agree with you. Um, my main question was the point he was trying to drive home was he was saying that playing under the franchise tag is not an option. Um, 
Saquon Barkley. How do you know? How, how does anybody know that? How does anybody know that? That that that's yeah. No. How does anybody know that? Nobody knows that. That's that's crap. What do you mean playing on the? If if he's franchise tagged, he's franchise tagged. I mean, he doesn't have to sign it, but that's his prerogative. Yeah. And until Saquon Barkley actually does something of that nature, how does anybody know? Yeah, I I, I just everybody. <laughs> Again, thanks for the call, Bob. Saquon wants to be here. The Giants want him here. Basically, not basically, they've said that to each other. Okay, it's going to get done. Here's what I will say. Most players don't like the franchise tag because they want the long-term guarantees. Sure they do. And I understand that. But that's part, part of the collective bargaining it agreement. It is part of the CBA. There are many players who will balk at it and won't sign it. There are many of other players who will sign it and say, okay, move on. I remember when JPP got the franchise tag, I remember him saying to me, I'm getting one year guaranteed. I think it was $16 million at the time. And he said, you know what? That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes guys will actually look favorably on it. Not everybody. Not most guys. But some guys do. You know, th- to, to say you know what's in his head or anybody knows what's in Barkley's head, that he will or will not sign it is dumb. We can't tell you that he will or he won't. No, I, I mean, I would say this uh, when it comes to franchise tags, like, like you know, because people question, the, would they franchise tag him? Would they franchise tag Daniel Jones? Well, I mean, I could tell you from, from a Giants perspective, they would much rather have, a, not, not that either one is going to get tagged, but they would much rather have your running back tag because. No question. Because Less money. It's a, you franchise tag a quarterback, it's $30 million. Yeah. Remember something, Russ. You tag a player and he decides not to sign it and doesn't play, what's he doing? Yeah, no, trust me, that ain't happening. What's he doing? That, that, right? That ain't happening. That the alternative is not pretty. No. Because that player doesn't get to play. Yeah. That Again, don't be a sucker for that stuff, folks. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Lots of good calls today, Paulie. Let's go down to Georgia and speak with our buddy RJ. RJ, how you doing today, pal? Russ and Paul here. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, thanks for sending yeah. Andrew Thomas up here. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Hey, that's that's my main guy right there, Andrew Thomas. So you are welcome for that. I am from Connecticut, moved down to Georgia. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. But uh, what I want to talk about, uh, fellows, is that just just how uh, Brian Dable continues to 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 work with Daniel Jones and and how his transformation and how he's managing the game, and you can just see the big difference. Uh, and all we want as Giant fans is hope. You know, we want hope 
and this coaching staff, including uh, a Johnson on offensive line, Bobby Johnson, us, yeah, Bobby Johnson has, has given us hope. You know, you know what, and RJ, Tony Sperano, yeah, his assistant. You, you know what, RJ, you just said a mouthful. That that is probably the best and most logical thing I have heard in a long time here. In fact, I'll say all season here. All the Giants fans wanted is to be given some hope. And you, courtesy of Dable and Shane, you have been given hope on a silver platter. And, and that silver platter certainly has given you a 7-2 and two record. So th- that's a great, great point, RJ. R- really. I mean, not, not being cliché, no, but I you're right. That. Well, just remember, Wellington Mara's mantra was, I want to make sure that we're still alive for the last regular season home game so that the fans have a reason to come to the game and cheer. Yep. And that and that's and you all. Know what? Just be in it. And you know what? Be that relevant. Was my next thing. That that was my next thing and not to cut you guys off is that and um obviously Paul was right about Wellington Maris like playing meaningful games in the month of December and thank God uh with the grace of God we will be playing meaningful games in the month of December. And I swear to goodness, I can't wait. I, I am chomping at the bit. Trust me. You you ain't the only one, pal. Let Try me tell you that. Oh, yeah. Uh, RJ, I, I remember telling my dad many, many years ago, I mean, 40 years on this beat, and, I, and it didn't take me long to realize that exhibition games in December really suck. And by the way, they're pretty miserable in November and October, too. Yeah, and, and we've, had right. our, we've had our share for quite a few. Listen. Uh, RJ, th- this has been going on for a long time, a-, a-, a long time, and it's been turned around. And and just as you said, you know, it's given everybody a lot of hope. Listen, I can remember. I'll I'll, I'll go, go back to the waning years of uh, Tom Coughlin. I'll go back to yeah. starting a season off at zero and six, and I got to do the post game shows. So how am I going to be positive? How am I going to say something positive? At zero and six, and and then the next season, <laughs> then the next season, RJ. During the season, yeah. they had another six-game losing streak. So let's. Paul's looking at me, rolling his eyes, shaking his head. It's been tough. It, you know, it, it's tough on everybody when that's going on. And then the last few years, it's it's just been miserable. But it's not just hope for the fans. It's hope for the people who cover the team. Paul and I will say it every day. I talk to people within this building. The entire building is different this year walking around. But Mondays awesome. M- Mondays used to be Black Mondays. Now you walk in, people have got, got a little more getty up in their gait. They're clicking their heels. Everybody's happy. It's a big difference, RJ. You're, you're a, boy, that, you said a mouthful. I, I'm not overstating it, no. buddy. When you said the fans just wanted some hope and you've gotten a wheelbarrow full of hope. Yeah, thank you. Can I just say one more thing and I'll get off the air? Sure. Um, what I want to say is that it's, it's, it's important for the NFL not to flex our game against Philly on the 11th to a night game because we think at night, and you guys know that. <laughs> I want that game to stay at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Please, please what, what, do not make us play underneath the lights. Well, we R- R- RJ, that you can't be promised. Okay, I, I mean, looking at the season. All right, all right. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to cut in here, Russell. I'm sorry. The December 11th game against Philadelphia. 
Um, Bet on it. You, you better start thinking about a potential night game. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. How, how about the you better Jets? start thinking about it? How about um, the, the last game at Philadelphia? Start thinking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, RJ, it is what it is. And by the way, uh, as long as we're on this conversation, December 18th uh, in Washington, there are five games on the NFL schedule that Sunday that are being considered to flex for a triple header on Saturday the 17th. And the Giants-Washington game is one of them. Yeah, I also noticed, Paul, just looking at the schedule here, it's got the last game of the season at Philadelphia with the, the time to be determined. It's got a January 7th slash 8th. What does that mean? The game on the the game on the final weekend of the season? It says No, hey, that's going to be that's going to be the final. That's going to be that's going to be that Sunday. Okay, cuz it, it just says here January 7th slash yeah. 8th. The 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 Washington game in Washington has the potential to move to Saturday. There'll be a triple header on that Saturday. Again, the Giants game is one of five games being considered for three spots. So there's a 60% chance that the Giants game will be moved to Saturday in Washington, and that would be the 17th. Yeah, and they Just play, FYI. They play Christmas Eve that day. It's scheduled for, you know, uh, 1 o'clock in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that typo is on the last weekend. I, yeah. I don't know what yeah, that's. I don't know. That's a typo. As far as I've always known, that game was on the 8th. Yeah, well... That's that's what it's saying right yeah, there. I don't so. know. I don't know what that's about. All right, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to John in Cape Cod. Hello, John. How you doing? Hey, good afternoon, Russ. Good afternoon, Paulie D. You know, I wasn't going to call in today, but I can't resist when you guys are both there together because for me it's a generational thing. Uh, just a couple of comments and then a question for you. Uh, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, Paul, about Gettleman. I was never a huge fan. And as a senior manager when I was in New York, uh, just say one thing. The primary goal when he walked in, I remember, was to rebuild the offensive line. And five years later, aside from Thomas, there wasn't much to show for it. Other than that, the draft picks were great. Well, well yeah, Next, but, but but hold on a second, John. And, and if you, you, He I, tried. I, it just I, didn't I, work I, out. I, I know you were on, uh, on the line listening because I, I saw, saw your name up here. We also brought out a point that with, with Andrew Thomas, there was also, in his first year, there was also Matt Pert. There was also Shane Lemieux. All three of those guys, I, I said it a little while ago, I'll say it again. All three of those guys were starting. And the fourth starter was the center, Nick Gates, who was a third-year player but a first-year center. All four of those guys were starting, and everybody was talking about what a great future. I mean, we're having these guys, young guys, play together as rookies, blah, blah, blah. And they all got hurt. So, so again, just if you're going to be fair about it, not you, but if people are going to be fair about it, then be fair about it. Your injuries, injuries decimated the plan. I know, Russ. You're right. You're right, and I missed that. Uh, the, other, the other reason I like to talk to you guys is about two months ago, we were talking about Barkley on the show, and I said he was generational and kind of got bashed a little bit that they don't believe in generational. Well, a couple weeks after that, and I'm not blowing my own horn, they asked Bill Belichick about Barkley, and he said, generational. And he is generational, and now he's showing everybody. Um, 
the other night, the other night, Paul, I don't know if you had a flashback, but I did when Brian Dabo was screaming at that offensive lineman on the motion thing. I flashed back to Parcells yelling at Doug Riesenberg, get up on the line, are you stupid, et cetera, et cetera. It's nice to see the coach with that kind of fire. For sure, for sure. Hey, listen, I want to clarify, and was that your last point? Because I, I do need to clarify something about the schedule. Did you want to hang on with something else, or did you want to go? Just, just one quick thing, and I'll yeah. get off the air. Um, I, I hope that they can get Bellinger back on the field soon because I love the way the team's playing, but I think there's a special chemistry with him when he's in the lineup. Thanks, guys. Great show. Have a good one. Uh, all right, John. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, in reference to the schedule, Russ, um, I had always been under the impression that that final game against Philly would be on Sunday. But the league is going to pull two Sunday games, like they will with the uh, earlier weekend that I mentioned against Washington. They will pull two of those Sunday games on January 8th and play them on Saturday, January 7th. And then, obviously, there's going to be a flex game that's going to be that night. Say that, that again, Sunday Paul. Night. On Sunday, January 8th, there's going to be a flex game that's going to be moved to NBC that night. Okay. But there's also going to be two games with playoff implications on bumped sa- to Saturday. Okay. That's why that slash is, is, is there. It's not a typo. To be frank with you, I forgot about that one. Yeah, okay. I always recall the one on December 18th. That weekend, the league had said they would bump a triple header to Saturday. And that was the only one that I recalled in my head. And I had forgotten that there was a second weekend where they would also bump a couple of games to Saturday. Uh, I would say this. I suspect the Giants-Eagles is probably more likely to go to Sunday night if it's an that's important what I, game I, I, I would than it is so. to a Saturday. That, that's what I and I would, just wanted to clarify that yeah, for everybody. No, and, and again, there's no way of knowing the importance of that until the next uh, eight oh, games gets yeah. played out. I yeah, mean, the, the flex games, you're supposed to get a minimum 12 days in advance notice, except when it gets down to the final week of the season. Then they wait until the actual week of the game. And, and you know what? Paulie and I were talking about something earlier th- this morning when we were sitting just having some juice and a snack. Um, and, we, you know, we, we both look at each other. Let's not go there, but you got to be careful. The fact for fans in particular, the fact that the Eagles lost on Sunday night after the Giants won, mathematically, that changes the picture for what every all of the dandelions dancing in, in people's heads because all of a sudden the Giants go from two games behind the the uh, Eagles to one game behind the Eagles. So I'm, I'm just saying from a mathematics standpoint – that tightens up things as well when you're looking at a well, schedule. Let me add something else, Russ, and I mentioned this to you too. The Giants are playing Detroit in a game that holds so much more importance than other people might think. <laughs> because Detroit, yeah, they can be tough. They can be pesky. So the Giants need to, to bring their A game. And they can score. Yes. But let's consider Dallas is playing Minnesota this week. Yes. And the Vikings are, are rolling along pretty damn good. And now we're guilty of what we now we're guilty of what we tell the fans no, not no, to do. No, we're not. We're simply saying the Giants have a game that they're going to have to scrap through, and at the same time, Dallas has a game that they're going to have to fight like cats and dogs to be able to get past the Vikings. Yeah. And then you go into the Thursday game, 
where the implications could be very strong one way or very strong another way, depending upon how these two games turn out. Yeah, but but it, listen, you got to see this past week. Well, this was a Sunday that couldn't have gone any better. This past Sunday couldn't have gone any better for the Giants. They win, and uh, Dallas and uh, the Eagles lose. Could not have gone any better. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Got about 10 minutes to go before we call it a day here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's head up to Maine and check in with Jeff. Hello, Jeff. You're on with Russ and Paul. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, enjoying your show. Um, agree you. with everything you've been saying. Hey, I got a question about that uh, eight offensive linemen set they do, which I love. Um, <laughs> I love it, too. Has, has that ever been done before? Oh Anybody? yeah, and also, oh yeah. Okay, sure it has. Like, like just as a regular thing, not not even just a goal line. Well, no. Look, the Giants used it a little bit more frequently than what we've seen around here. But in colleges, they use it all the time. It's it's not something that's like used twenty five times a game. But it, you will see it throughout the course of the game films during the season. Uh, and the Giants, you know, look, Russ knows me a long time. I love the jumbo package. I've right. always been that way because I believe in the Lombardi mantra. I don't care if they know it's coming. If we're just going to batter them and bruise them, just keep running it down their throats until they prove they can stop us. Because if you execute correctly, they're not going to be able to. It's just that simple. You put too much beef and too much muscle up there. Do do what you're supposed to do correctly. They can't stop you. You know, the attitude is, I dare you to try and stop that's us. It. That, that's it. That's it. You know, so I love it. I love it. And so my, my, my response to you is I'm glad the Giants are sprinkling that in. I don't think you can use it all the time. You can't overuse it, but it certainly has its place in the playbook. Well, then I guess my follow-up question is, let's say some teams start putting bigger guys in there to react to it. Wouldn't this, then that open up other things like sure. fakes and stuff? Look, here's what you got to remember. The league has become so specialized now with so many sub packages. And when you talk about how teams are running, um, you know, three wides 65% of the time. And so defenses wanted to get smaller and quicker and faster because they want to be able to keep up with all these video game passing game plans. Well, what do you do? What do you do to counter that? You punch them in the mouth. You put beef, strength, and size on the field. And you obliterate these 220-pound linebackers when you get to the second level. That's exactly what you do. You flatten them like pancakes. Squash, well, squash them like bugs. Well, especially with a home run hitter like Saquon back Bingo. There. Bingo. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, awesome. And, uh, and then I do have a quick special teams question at this time. Uh, just I know both, both uh, James and Jackson... Uh, to me, is risky to use for various reasons. I'm just wondering if they do go something else, who would be the next one up for a, a punt returner? Probably Darnay Holmes would be the next guy, in all honesty, if they go down to their third choice. But in all honesty, uh, again, <laughs> to be frank with you, uh, I don't know that they're going to do that. They They seem to have decided that both James and Jackson were their first two choices. Uh, Look, they, could they make a change this week? They certainly could. They also have practiced Slayton on punt returns, Holmes on punt returns, and Pimpleton, the practice squad player, has also practiced on punt returns. 
So for them to go off the menu of those five players, given that they haven't practiced them at it, would be extremely surprising. All right. I think he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Russ. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. We've got time for one or two more calls. Let's go up to Yonkers and check in with Rob. Hello, Rob. How are we doing today, bud? Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. Hi. Um, I spoke to I spoke to I think Paul in, in September. And we were talking about the cornerback. We were talking about Aaron Robinson. Yeah. He told me to call, he told me to call back in a month, even though he's not playing right now. He actually did good for the time he was. He in. did. So, I, I loved him as the boundary corner, and I think he would have had a terrific season. But he he hurt his knee, and Coach Stable says we're probably not going to see him again for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, I was so I was so upset. I'm like he's actually finally doing good. And then he gets hurt. I was like, damn, that sucks. Yeah, it did. Um, it did. Uh, one more thing. I'm going back to last season, right, when we, we quarterback kneeled at the end of the game with uh, Joe Judge as, as our quarterback. I just felt like no one, no one spoke as the about coach. this yet. As the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, go I, ahead. I, I, just, I, just, I just felt like that Coach Dable said, we're not going to play scared. We're coming into the season with a new Giants team. I felt like that's what we did because we went out bad last season and came in good this season. I don't think Coach Dable is, is going to pay any attention to what happened here in the past. I think he came in understanding that he was hired because of what he brings to the table, and that's all that matters. He's being himself. Yes. I, Honestly, I mean that. He's being himself. He's not giving two hoots about what has happened in the past. But you, ha you also have to remember this about uh, Brian Dable. He's a coach, okay? And, and he's a coach. The fact, duh, I'm telling you something, <laughs> like it's not earth-shattering. But as a coach, he knows what coaches go through. He knows when coaches are responsible for something right. He knows when a coach is responsible for something wrong. He knows that it, you know the players have to play. And what Dable is doing is putting his players in a position, the best, you hear that cliche all the time from coaches. It's our job to put the players in the best position possible to win. That's yes. what he and his staff have been doing all season long, Rob. Putting them in the best possible chance uh, position to win games. But, but coaches, listen, I remember his first the first day when all of us surrounded him when he was coming for his press conference and everybody was asking him about Joe Judge, he said, look, I'm friends with Joe Judge. I work with Joe Judge. Yeah, he, he did he, with he, the Patriots. He, he's not stupid. Sure. He knows what Judge went through. He, he knows yeah. if there were things his fault. He knows if there mm -hmm. wasn't. He wasn't going to go into it song and dance for all of us to hear, but he knows, you know. And you know what? God forbid it should never, ever happen to him. He knows it can happen to the best of them. It just, that's the nature of this business. Coaches are hired to be fired, right? All the time. <laughs> and and that, that is the truth. Oh, man. That is the truth. And, and the thing I love about the coaching staff, we play each team different. Like, we're yes. not going to play every the same. Each team, yes. we coach our players to play each team different. Yes. That's why we keep winning. We, we, definitely, we definitely have more points on the board when we, when we play the Texans, but... Hopefully in the next in the next game because um, Detroit Lions they score high as well they're high scoring team too in the 30s. You, you you know what Rob that that's the most excellent point that when people bring up that they, they 
coach according to who the opponent is. And the, yeah. the Giants, what they have and what they have to deal with in terms of their own injuries and lack of this maybe at the receiver position, is this and that, they deal with each team individually. It's not like you know it's a high-powered this or, or a ground attack that. They deal with the business at hand, and the business at hand is that team each and every week. Rob, we're running out of time, so we got to go. But to yeah. close that point off, it's more dramatic on defense than it is on offense. We know on offense they are a run-based, yeah. power-oriented, physical football team. And there are only going to be a couple of little tweaks within how they do that, but they'll keep the same basic style. On defense, they're running a kaleidoscope of defensive game plans out there every single week. And that's where Wink is really shaking up the colors. Yeah. And and that's that's a dramatic difference than what's going on on offense. And it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I'll tell you something else. And, you know, it's worth saying. I just hope the Giants can keep Wink in his position as defensive coordinator because – um, here's a guy I think was 58 years old. Yeah, he's paid his dues. He's got a great resume. He he gets the most out of his players. Uh, he he's got leadership qualities. We speak to him he's each a week. Great dude. He, he he really is, and he's a dude. He yeah. really is a great dude. And, and I think uh, the only thing I would say about uh, Wink, if somebody wants him to be a head coach, and I also think Wink would think this way. He doesn't. You're not going to a team that's just a mess that you got to start from the ground up. I, I think Wink's the kind of coach who you bring in who th there's pieces there. I would agree with that. I don't think going. he wants to rebuild something no, from scratch. No, no, But I don't want to speak for yeah, him. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Uh, I want nothing but the best for Wink. But I, being selfish, I also want nothing but the best for the Giants. And having said that, I want Wink to stick around. And I would think uh, Mara and Tish would pay plenty to make sure that Wink Martindale remains as the defensive coordinator for your New York football Giants. But right now, folks, we're talking about a team that is seven and 7-2 with the Detroit Lions coming into town. As always, got to thank all of you nice people for uh, giving us a call today. Um, and for listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live, which, of course, is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. So uh, until next week, let's go Big Blue. Let's see if they can take care of the Giants. Uh, the Giants can take care of the Lions. Our thanks to uh, the butler here, Pearson Butler, who does such a great job for us. To you, Paulie Dots. I'm Russ Salzberg, and best of all, you the fans, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. 
until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 